One day, we read in Matthew that Jesus was walking with some of his followers. And as he's walking with them, he sees a large crowd of people. And when Jesus sees this large crowd of people, his disciples, his followers behind him, he climbs up on a mountain and he begins to teach he taught them about these great blessings. We can read about this in Matthew 5. These great blessings. And when he starts teaching about these blessings, he turns their way of thinking upside down. Here's some of the things that he said. He said, you are blessed. Jesus said this. You are blessed when you have a broken spirit. He said, you are blessed when you're humble and when you're merciful. Jesus said, you are blessed when you are hated and insulted. Wow. I'm sure on this day, many, uh, many of them were scratching their heads as Jesus taught on the side of this mountain. I'm sure that many of Jesus' followers, those that had been with him for some time, even began to scratch their heads, his closest followers. But then... Jesus explains to them why his followers are expected to live this way. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13, Jesus said this. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Do you get that, that, that picture in your head? Once salt loses its saltiness, it's not good for anything. And that's what Jesus calls us to, do, to, to be. And he says, so if you're not salty, you're going to be trampled. You're, you're worthless, right? Some of you like that picture of being salty, don't you? Followers of Jesus Christ, his church, us, together... If we truly are the church of Jesus, his followers, we are called to preserve that truth in our world. We are called to preserve the love of Jesus in this world. In the midst of evil and in the midst of wickedness, it's the church that should bring people help and hope and peace in love. Jesus went on, Matthew 514, he says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And here's our instruction. Let your light shine before men that they may see your love, your joy, your patience, your pr and praise your Father in heaven. You are salt in the world. And you are light to the world. At least we're supposed to be, aren't we? Amen. Followers of Jesus, his church, us. We should be the ones that others look to. The ones that people are drawn to in the midst of confusion and darkness and chaos in this world. We are to be that shining light that helps people, that illuminates what is truth and what is not truth. Half-truth. Lies. Deceit. See, we've been talking for weeks on this series called Revive. Um, we started by, by, by focusing on a valley of dry bones and this call to come back to life, this call to be awakened to the truth. 
But the intent of this entire series has been to point to and point out what it looks like for the church around the world, anyone who calls themselves a follower of Jesus, what it looks like for the church to be restored, renewed, revived, to truly walk in that revival with Jesus. See, but the heartbreaking truth is that the church doesn't look much different than the world around us. That's heartbreaking, but it is the truth. We don't look much different than the culture than we are engaged in and trying to point to Jesus, see? And that means that we don't truly embody what it means to be salt and light. And what happens when the salt loses its saltiness? Jesus says it's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled by men. The heartbreaking truth is that the church doesn't look like Jesus. This Jesus that we proclaim, this Jesus that we that we tell other people about. See, if the church truly looked like Jesus, think about the difference it would make in our world today. But we don't look like that salt, that light, that Jesus here in Matthew 5 tells us to be. I wonder, what would it look like? What would it look like? Just close your eyes. Do this exercise for me, all right? Close your eyes with me. And imagine... What it would look like tangibly for the church to truly be the salt and the light in the world around us. Think of the difference it would make in our culture. I mean, goodness sakes, think about the difference it would make in your family. If the church, you, as a a part of that church, truly were the salt and the light that Jesus called us to be. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. That's where we're going to be looking today. Um, The Apostle Paul wrote the letters of 1 and 2 Timothy to Timothy, a young leader in the church. Paul was mentoring him. Now, Timothy himself was mature in his faith. He was a believer and he was walking faithfully with Jesus. He was mature in his faith, but he was learning what it meant to lead the church. And so Paul writes these letters, 1st and 2nd Timothy. We're going to look at 2nd Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. It's in your Bible. And if you're following along on the Bible app this morning, it is there for you as well. 2nd Timothy 3 Verse 1 and following, it says this, Paul writes, but mark this, but mark this. Remember, this is written to, the, to, to a fellow believer, someone who is maturing in his faith, someone who is walking in leadership and striving to lead the church. Paul writes, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, 
treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. I said power and the light of the Holy Spirit went out. Well, what happened there, friends? Weirds me out. Because <laughs> here's my thought when I said power, is I wonder how much of the church we have a form of godliness, but we deny the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I can do a lot of things, but I couldn't do that. But I wonder, I mean, and I I joke about that, but I wonder how often the church, universal, the church around the world, we look a lot like Jesus on the outside, but we deny the power of Jesus. We deny that Holy Spirit that he sent to us to give us the power, the Holy Spirit that walks with us in truth and in light. See, but I read this, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, and all of these characteristics that that Paul was writing to Timothy about, and I wonder, does that not sound just like our world today, this culture that we are living in and engaged in today? Paul wrote, he believed that at the time we were living in the end days, the end times, that Jesus would return at any moment. We still proclaim that today, that at any moment... The sky will be torn open and Jesus will return, but he will call the faithful in Christ home to be with him, to be united with him for all of eternity. But I read about these things in 2 Timothy 3. These, Paul wrote that there would be terrible times in the last days. See, I think that, and I fear that, Sometimes we've begun to accept that this is just the way it is. That this is the way it has to be. We've let these same attitudes, these same kind of endorsements and acceptance mentality, we've let these same attitudes into the church. Well, that's just the way it is. Everybody acts like that, so it's okay. We've accepted these attitudes into Jesus Christ's church. We've dishonored his church. We've corrupted his church. We've damaged his church. Amen? I mean, any time we say, hey, it's okay to be... It's okay to be a lover of money and boastful and proud and abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous. Lovers, not lovers of good. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of... Any time we say, well, that's just the way it is everywhere... So it's understandable that people in the church act like that. Now I'd say this. It's understandable if broken people are coming into the church and trying to striving to learn what it means to follow Jesus and there's still still attitudes and actions in their life that embody these things that, that Paul wrote to Timothy about. But it's not acceptable once we've walked with Jesus for a while to say, well, that's just a part of my life. Everybody acts like that. See, because Paul wrote about these things. He said that's not the way it's supposed to be. I fear that we've also let these same attitudes and actions into our hearts and our minds. and We've endorsed them for so long and we say, well, that's just the way 
It is. See, Paul wrote about these things, and then he wrote, have nothing, nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with them. He didn't write that you will continue to walk in sin, submit yourself to the world, but it's okay as long as you regularly repent. As long as there are regular points in your, in your life that you're coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I need forgiveness from you. Now I'm going to keep walking in this way because that's just the way the world is. No, Paul wrote, have nothing to do with them. He didn't say it's okay as long as you make it to church every week. It's okay as long as you make it to church every other week to keep on sinning. No, he wrote, God's word says, have nothing to do with them. See, and here's the reality. You are either submitting to the ways of the world or you are submitting to God. But you cannot do both. We cannot do both. Jesus, God's, Jesus' way is a way of holiness, a way of, 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 of truth and, and love and peace and purity. We've let our minds be all shifted around and thinking, well, that's just the way everything is. God God wrote to the, 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 the church and he said, you're not to be lukewarm. You've got one foot over here and one foot over here. He said, I wish you were either one or the other, but because you're neither one, what did he say he's going to do? He's going to what? Somebody knows this. Come on. He's going to spit you out. See, he's writing that to the church. He's writing to, 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 to those of us who are walking with him. You're either submitting yourself to the ways of the world, to the culture that surrounds us, or you're submitting yourself to God, but there is no middle ground. We cannot do both. Turn over to chapter 4 of 2 Timothy. This is what Paul continues to write in 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. That is sound teaching. That is firm foundational truth. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. It's happening all of the time. And I don't want to stand up here this morning and talk down about another church. Um, those of you who, who, who are close to me, those who are, have, have, have been in a Bible study with me, and we, we've, we've talked about, we've, we talk about this often. I have no problem calling people out who are spewing lies within the church. I have absolutely. So let me just make that clear. But instead of looking down on others, before I look down and say, listen, this is not the truth, and make sure you're not giving ear to that, I want to make sure that what we're hearing here, what I'm speaking out of my mouth, what I'm letting into my head, is the truth of Jesus. That it's not watered down, that it's not half-hearted. 
that it is the full and foundational truth. It says here, instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Well, it's okay if you keep on sinning as long as you have, at some point in your life, surrendered everything to Jesus. Accept Jesus Walk with Jesus for a little while, and then, then you can go back to your life of sin, and everything's going to be okay, because at one point in your life, you surrendered to Jesus. That's rubbish. The time will come when men will not put up with sound teaching, sound doctrine, pride. Selfishness, greed, hatred, sin is going to creep into the lives of the church if we allow it to. That's what Paul was writing here. If you don't guard against it, bad things are going to happen. We've already seen it, haven't we? I mean, people are, people are abandoning the teachings of Jesus like never before. People are refusing to come into the church because, well, the church doesn't look much different than the world. People are refusing to come and, and into community with fellow believers because there's no difference. And the, at the foundation of that, the truth is it's because we're not proclaiming the truth. Oh, I don't want, I don't want to be afraid to call sin out. But that's the fear. That's the heartbreaking thing is, well, I don't want to offend anyone. So I don't I want to tell you you're, 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 you're sinning. I don't want to tell you you're wrong because I don't want to offend you. But what we're doing is not loving other people. When we say, well, I'm just going to let you walk in sin. I'm going to let you walk that path of destruction. And then one day you're going to find out that that's not the Lord's, that, that's not the Lord's will for you. See, it's the job of the church to call sin, sin. But to do it in love. Amen? Amen? Walk out of here. See, see no, no, I got I to back up and say this. Don't walk out of here and just be walking up to people, pointing them out and saying, you're a sinner, and you're a sinner, and you're a sinner. See, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a balance there, isn't there? We bring people in and we love them. As I said before, we're not expecting people who have walked in, in sin, walked in darkness for so long to come right in. There's a period of acclimation, isn't there? You go into a, you go into a dark room and you sit there for two hours. Try this sometime. You, some of you have already done this. Sit there for a while. Wake up first thing in the morning in your pitch black room and turn the overhead light on. My boys hate it when I do that. Why? What has to happen? Well, you have to get acclimated, yeah. right? You turn on the closet light. You, 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 you open the door just a little bit and you let a little bit of light creep in until they're ready to get up, right? Until you're ready to, to face the full brunt of the truth. You throw the windows open, the sunshine comes straight in in the morning. What do the people do? What do you do? You, you hide your eyes, right? See, but I think sometimes the church, that's what we try to do. We rip it all off and we say, here it is. Here's the full truth. Go for it. People aren't ready for it. We've got to, in love, know what people are ready for. People are walking in sin. We love them. We bring them into the church. We accept them. We don't tell them, well, your, your, clothes, aren't, uh, your clothes don't look right for the church. 
Next, if, if I hear, by the way, side note, if I hear that coming from, I'll just, start, I'll, I'll wear jeans with holes in them. I will, I will do it. Don't test me. I will do it. Because it doesn't matter. And those are the kinds of things. But if we drift off of the truth, if we get one letter off of the truth of Jesus, then we are getting away from being the salt and the light. We're getting away from the love and the, the truth that Jesus wants us to, to walk in. And if pride and selfishness, greed and hatred and sin creep into the church, we're not the church any longer. We don't embody Jesus. So our response, as Paul wrote here, our response is to have nothing to do with the ways of the world. Have nothing to do with the ways of the world. We must submit ourselves, ourselves fully to, to, to Jesus. Submit ourselves fully to God. Entirely. Yielding ourselves. Giving him everything that we have. To his will. To his way for us. I say again. Either we are submitting to the ways of the world. Or we are submitting to the ways of God. There is no middle ground. And there is no way to do both. So this morning as we close, I simply want to ask this question. What area of your life, maybe it's multiple areas, but maybe, 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 maybe you just need to start with one. What area of your life do you still need to submit, surrender, yield to the Lord? What area of your life do you still need to surrender, submit, or yield to the Lord? Maybe it's your time. And the way you spend your time. Maybe it's your money. Maybe it's the way you spend your money. Maybe it's some of your relationships. And some of the relationships that you are invested in. That you know just are not right. Right now. And I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about interacting with people who are not of the church. I think that's healthy. I think that's good. I'm talking about wrong relationships. That you know to be wrong. Maybe, maybe this morning you just, you, you've known the truth, but you're just not walking in obedience to God's truth for your life. Maybe that's where you need to surrender this morning. So this morning as we close, I'd just like us to, to, to take a minute. Just, if you need to close your eyes, if you need to bow your head, right ever, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just make it so you don't have any, any great distractions around you. Take it to the Lord and submit your life to him. Let that be your prayer. God, I submit myself to you. I surrender everything to you. And as you do that, just listen. Listen for him to speak. And then your response. I truly feel like God is 
calling so many in this congregation right now. truly let go, let go of some sin, let go of some areas that that we have failed to surrender for many years, to lay it down before him. Maybe there's some, maybe there's some fear, maybe there's some hesitation, but I feel like God is calling many in this church right now to open our hands, to surrender before him. And then in response, not simply to walk in obedience, not simply to do that very thing that God is calling us to do, calling you personally to do, individually calling you to do, but also to share that with someone close to you. This next week. What is God calling you? How is he calling you to submit? How is he calling you to surrender? Father God, make it clear to each one of us. Make it clear, Jesus, what you are calling us to be, what you're calling us to do. Give us, Lord Jesus, the knowledge Right now, God, what that specific thing is. God, it's going to look different for each one of us. We believe that. But also, Jesus, I pray that you would lay it upon our minds right now. Lay it upon our hearts, Lord Jesus, to know who you desire us to share that with. Someone close to us, Jesus. Who you desire us to tell about that thing, God. To be held accountable but also, Lord Jesus, to confess how, God, you are working in us and calling us in that path of holiness and purity. Lord Jesus, we submit ourselves to you. We surrender everything to you. Schedules, relationships, finances. Path, Lord Jesus, that we are walking, our careers, Jesus. We surrender to you in full obedience, Jesus. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. As we sing, I surrender all, I would just invite you, if you're willing,